You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. Red! This is Bird 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. Good Monday morning, Birds fans. Appreciate you streaming in here early with us on Birds 365. Kind of a good news, bad news uh, deal today. Uh, The bad news is that, yeah, you had to go all day yesterday without Eagles football. There were some damn good football games on there, and Johnny Mac and I will talk about it. But uh, it's kind of a tough when you got to get to a Sunday Suns Birds. Here's the good news. You got the day, the show, the floor, all to yourself. Monday night football action. Commanders coming to town. The Eagles trying to get to 9-0. and Johnny Mack, is this team prepped, ready to rock and roll and stay undefeated after the game tonight against the Commanders? Uh, I think so. Well, we'll see. I mean, you know, it, it, it. I didn't realize this, but this will be the third game for the Eagles in 29 days, Jody. I mean, it has been such a weird 
schedule schedule barely see this team uh and and you know i i sometimes i wonder they have nine games after uh well starting tonight obviously um they'll play those nine games in 48 days to give me an example of how weird um this this little schedule quirk with the buy and the mini buy coming sort of almost back to back um I don't know. The only thing I can look at and say Washington's got a chance is this team is really rusty because they're never on the stinking field at three times in a month. So that's that's about the only thing I could I can throw in the Washington pool. Um, otherwise, I mean, and I think you got more indication of, of it yesterday. Everybody's saying, yeah, but Buffalo and Kansas City, uh-uh. Eagles are better than both of those teams. You saw Buffalo again. You know, I joke, look, they're really explosive. I, I texted you. Josh Allen is extraordinarily talented. I mean, it's absurd how talented he is. But I got to tell you, Jody, he made more mistakes in the fourth quarter and overtime than Jalen Hurts has made all season. I mean, at some point, you got to have a balance. At some point, you got to have a balance, especially to win big games. Um, and we already saw the Eagles against the Vikings. So, I mean, I give that team credit for winning games. They find these weird ways to win games. They certainly love the new coach as compared to the old coach. And I think that's a big part of it. They're playing for him. Um, but, I mean, the Eagles, you already saw them against Minnesota. They dominated. Uh, and we haven't seen them against Kansas City. And I, I like everybody else. I'm scared of Patrick Mahomes. But. I know I, I I they can't they're not nearly and I'm talking about the Chiefs they're not nearly as well rounded as the Eagles so you know the Eagles can beat you in so many different ways I'm a little bit scared of the three games in 29 days but other than that and even if they have a hiccup somewhere along the way whether it's tonight whether it's Tennessee whatever I mean I don't expect them to go 17 and0 it's not going to change the fact that I think they're the best team in football. Here's where you get the balance, J-Mac, and I hear you about the downtime that the Eagles have been in uh, due to scheduling. Uh, prior to, the Eagles had been a dominant first-half team over second-half team. They they come out and just put leads on other teams and kind of take their uh, heart away. And on a b- bunch of the early wins with this team, they kind of threw it into cruise control and uh, weren't nearly as effective offensively in the second half. Maybe we see the opposite now. Maybe this well-rested team needs to get back into gear, that they might get off to a bit of a slow start tonight. But as the game wears on, because they're as well-rested as they are, they just grind down the opponent, continue to add to the lead, and it ends up being a more uh, lopsided or a blowout-type win because of the second half rather than the first half. That's that's the one thing that I'm intrigued by going into tonight's game, because the point you make is an excellent one. They really haven't played a lot of football over the last three weeks because of the way the schedule laid itself out. Uh, but there, while there may be a downside to it, there may also be an upside to it that they're uh, ready to just continue to, to open up a lead and or crush the opponent in the second half. Tonight's opponent is the Commanders. Up until last week when you you mentioned that Minnesota team, which found a way to win in Buffalo, they found a way to win the week before against the Commanders 
a bad late Taylor Heineke pick kind of set him up for the game-winning field goal. But the Commanders were up 10 points in the second half against a good Vikings team. And prior to that, they had won two, uh, three games in a row, two of which were led by Taylor Heineke. So you've got to at least admit, this is a different and a better Commanders team than the one the Eagles beat up on in week number three. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, they are better. Uh, I think, you know, for whatever reason, I talked about it with Minnesota playing for the coach versus the prior coach. You know, Taylor Heineke's that kind of guy on the field. You know, guys want to play for him. He brings some a different energy, whatever. You know, people hate intangible things, but they're real. They, they, they're real. And you see it with Jalen Hurts to a much higher degree in Philadelphia. People want to play for him because they like him and he's a natural leader and, and, and they get behind him. Same thing with Taylor Heineke. Now he doesn't have the skill set, but it still brings a, 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 an energy to the team, uh, a focus to the team, and they play better when Taylor Heineke's on the field. Now, I talked about it a lot last week. I'll talk about it a lot today. I think he's very limited from a skill set standpoint. So I think ultimately there's a ceiling there. Um, and, you know, but, but, you know, Washington has a lot of good players. And I know people don't believe me. I've been saying this for years. You know, when you have issues at the quarterback position to their degree, you're going to have issues being consistent from week to week. But again, they might have the best defensive front in football. And we'll see. They're playing games with Chase Young. I think he'll play, but probably 15, 20. But even without him, I mean, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne are having career years. Uh, both Montez Sweat, I talked about to me, is the most underrated defensive player in the entire league. And by the way, Cameron Curl would probably be top five in that list for me. He's their, their top-tier safety who's been excellent this season. Uh, Terry McLaurin, Eagles fans know about him all too well. He's been a bit of an Eagles killer since he arrived. Curtis Samuel, that's the one player they had trouble with in week three. Um, they couldn't get him the football consistently, but he's a really difficult player to do with. Manufactured touch guy can do a lot of different things. James Robinson is back, so you got that one-two punch. He wasn't there week three with Antonio Gibson, so they're pretty good uh, at running back as well. You know, the, the, the quarterback's an issue, but they, they, they have good players, and, and – they have more good players than I think people realize. And Curtis Samuel could very well be a key guy tonight because uh, we found out over the weekend that Avante Maddox is a no-go, not going to be in the lineup tonight, not going to be uh, dressed. But they are getting Josiah Scott back, who had missed the previous game against the Texans. He's their number one backup slot corner. And uh, if his ankle is good, then uh, the drop-off is there. But I don't think it's off the charts, off the table from uh, Maddox to Josiah Scott. But Samuel is a guy you're going to have to keep an eye on because if I were the commanders, that would be a guy I'd be looking to get the football to. A backup player who is coming back off a week's injury. Um, yeah, the Sa Samuel is a guy who does scare me a little bit. And the one thing Eagles have to most definitely have to be on top of tonight is they got to know where the back judge is because that's a play that the, <laughs> the commanders like the, to run. Yeah. run. Run that run that D back into the back yeah. judge and see if you can get Curtis Samuel open. Throw, down it, by the end. throw it into triple coverage and hope the back judge wipes out the safety. 
That's yeah. uh, that's in every playbook, I think. Uh, uh, it, it worked like a charm for the commanders last yeah. week, but uh, having that happen again, probably a bit of a long shot. All right, so we got commanders and eagles. We're going to talk about both sides today. Uh, Chris Russell from the uh, Redskins Radio Network. Um, nine eight. By the way, Chris Chris Russell got a shout out from Kurt Cousins uh, when Kurt went back to Washington a couple weeks ago. I said, I said that's pretty cool for Chris. Did he? And I, I had missed that. We'll ask Kurt about that, uh, Chris about that when we get him up uh, here in less than uh, 10 minutes. And then uh, hour number two, we're going to get our buddy Paul Domwich up, who's got his stat pack up on jacobsports.com <clears throat> prior to the game actually being played, which is uh, cool. Yeah, we get nice. We don't get to talk to Domo usually. A weekend game, he puts it up on Friday. Uh, and we're done. We're off the air. So rare time. This quirky schedule works out. We can talk to him about it before the game. That's nice. Which, by the way, it's a Monday nighter. The Eagles have played one Monday nighter, which we already referenced here. The beatdown of the Vikings in week two. And yeah, if I'm the Eagles, I'm an Eagle fan. I'd throw my chest out a little bit this week. The whole, well, those two AFC teams, but. Well, the team that the Eagles took to the woodshed in week two here in Philadelphia went into Buffalo, not at home under their cozy dome, in the Buffalo and beat the Bills yesterday. We could point out that the Bills kind of beat themselves because Josh Allen fumbles the ball in the end zone. And yeah, it I, well, I think both teams, we got, I, I think both teams, you know, that was a tremendous, that's my thing about the NFL. It's so compelling in the final two minutes of the game. People think they're watching great football. There were so many mistakes from both teams in those final two minutes in overtime. It's like, it's exciting. But, I mean, Minnesota can't get in on on fourth and one with a quarterback. Well, they might have got in, but who knows? You know, they called it on the field. Then Buffalo can't do it. You know, Jason – I go back to Jason Kelsey on this podcast. He's like, quarterback sneak, easiest play in football. Maybe in Philadelphia when he had Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. For nobody else, evidently, even Josh Allen, that game's over. All he's got to do is get the snap, and and he can't handle the snap, uh, and all of a sudden it turns tail. And then, by the way, the, the, it, it wasn't Kansas City versus Buffalo, like because Kansas City only had 13 seconds. Minnesota, I think, had 41 seconds to, to, to bleed off the clock and right. win the game. They almost lost the game. <laughs> they went down the field so quickly. Um, and then an ultimate, I, I don't know what Ed Donatel's plan is defensively, but he's got two potential Hall of Fame defensive backs who kind of make up for it and make big plays. Harrison Smith last week, you mentioned the, the interception by Taylor Heineke. Patrick Peterson got Josh Allen twice this week. Those guys are sort of like James Bradbury to build up. They're so freaking savvy. They just make chicken salad out of chicken. You know what? Um, I don't know what Ed Donatel tries to do as a defensive coordinator. But, I mean, there were so many mistakes on both sides of the football. It's like, what is going on here? And those are two, let's be honest, you got to be real. Those are two of the best teams in football. So, I'm feeling pretty good if I'm an Eagles fan. Uh, oh, morning. by the way, oh, by the way, another mistake. 
the referees that pass caught by Gabe. Oh yeah. He didn't catch that. Not even close to being able to get his feet down and they gave it to him. So you're right. They, it it wasn't the picture perfect game, but the excitement. So outweighed everything else. And the catch by Justin Jefferson. Oh, that's sorry. Should I not even mention his name here on birds? Well, by the way, you know, uh, and the Philadelphia Eagles had every chance to take Justin Jefferson and every one in the Delaware Valley is screaming, Justin Jefferson. That that's one of the greatest catches in the history of the national football league. Yeah, it was. Um, might've been the greatest. I've never seen that was better than Beckham's. I've seen a lot. No question. I've seen Moss. I've seen Carter. When I cover the Vikings, I've seen a lot. That might be the best catch I've I've ever seen. Um, but you know, I it, I, I it, it's when I talk about Buffalo and I talk about uh, Josh Allen. First of all, I give him credit for being out there playing after his injury, and he plays the way he plays, and he's so dominant running the football. Like I don't him and Justin Fields. I don't know what you do. Uh, to stop them from running the football. That might be the best play in the playbook for for both the Bills and the Bears. I don't know how you stop that guy. But, man, I, I don't know. Too many mistakes. And anybody who's talking about the MVP race, look, Patrick Mahomes is probably going to win it in, in, unless Kansas City falls apart, which I don't see happening. Um, and I'm not – I wouldn't complain about that at all. Uh, and your guy, Tua – Deserve, you mentioned he deserves to be in the conversation as well. Anybody putting Josh Allen over Jalen Hurts, I can't do it. He might, he's got more talent, he's got more explosive ability. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Right. The top three candidates for the MVP right now are Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Tua Tunga Barlow. Josh Allen is no better than the fourth top candidate for the MVP. Because, yeah, he's just making mistakes in big spots late in games, which you just can't have. All right, Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. We're hoping to talk to a shout-out Chris Russell for the uh, Washington Radio Network down there in D.C. He's going to hop on for with us for a couple of minutes. He's got to hop on the air in D.C. at 9 o'clock, so uh, we'll get him for about uh, 15, 20 minutes up here. And then in hour number two, our own Paul Domwich from jacobsports.com going to jump in with us. So we got a lot to do today leading up to a Monday night affair between the Commanders and the Eagles. Can the Birds get to 9-0? and We're talking about it right here on Birds 365. Don't wait until after Thanksgiving for leftovers. It's the new leftover sales event at Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Jeff must get rid of hundreds of new 2022 vehicles on the lot. Rams, Grand Cherokees, Wranglers, Jeff has them all for less. Jeff has reduced prices and payments to the lowest they've been all year. And Jeff knocks down high interest rates, save thousands more than anywhere else. Plus, get more for any trade or lease return. You always win at Jeff's great selection, best price. Hurry in now. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Black Friday sales event. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. University, our graduates are among the most highly trained in their profession because of our unique emphasis on research, interprofessional collaboration, and early clinical exposure. Learn more about our programs at salis.edu. Got your Mega Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald. We're ready to talk about the Commanders and Eagles on Monday Night Football. Joining us, he's trying to get into work, I guess. He's in the car making good time. Supposed to be on the air down there at 9 o'clock in D.C. From the team, 980 AM reporter and host Chris Russell joins us. You're cutting a little close there, Russell. Uh, good morning, guys. There's nothing like a good standard hour and a half Monday morning commute to start off the week. I mean, for God's sakes, I hope you guys in Philly have a lot less to deal with than we do around here. Man, I'm telling you, nobody can drive up here. Yeah, the Beltway's not known for its traffic. Come on, Chris. (laughs) Not at all. Uh, How are you guys? Good morning. Sorry I'm uh, running a little bit late, but better late than never, huh? Exactly. Yeah. Not Good a to see you, Chris. By the way, I Good saw you got you. a shout out uh, from Kirk Cousins the other week. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, so a uh, quick story behind that. Uh, uh, you know, Kirk and I. I you know, obviously, I, I covered him. You know, from the time he got here in 2012 as a disgruntled rookie uh, because he was stuck behind <laughs> yeah. Robert Griffin the yeah. third. Right. If you guys remember that. And, yeah. you know, obviously we developed a good relationship over many years and, uh, you know, I've stayed in touch while he's been in Minnesota. We, you know, I haven't seen him in five years uh, because I don't travel anymore. So they had played them uh, back in, I think, 2019 in Minnesota. And, um, you know, I missed that game, but, you know, we stayed in touch and whatever. And uh, so we got to meet up before the the game, you know, in the tunnel. And then after the game, uh, I just happened to be there and he shouted me out. So I appreciate that. That's very kind of him. He's guys. I'll tell you what, he may not be the best Monday night quarterback. He may not be the best playoff quarterback, but he's a hell of a quarterback, man. And he's the best yeah. quarterback yeah. that this Washington franchise has had in 30 years, which is part of the reason why they're an absolute mess still. All right, well, then let's talk about the guy who will quarterback them on Monday night. I don't know, is Taylor Heineke a good Monday night quarterback, a better primetime quarterback than Kirk Cousins? Um, he did add a little juice replacing uh, uh, our former buddy uh, Carson Wentz, but he right. threw a real bad pick last week. They, that was a game yep. the commanders couldn't won, let slip out of their hands against Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Twins. Uh, he, he seems to have the teams rallying behind him but does he have enough talent to be a continuous starting quarterback in the national football? Yeah, that's the problem, Jody. I, you know, 
I mean, I, I think the shelf life is so limited uh, and, and, and almost helter skelter, you know, uh, like at times last week, you mentioned that bad interception and m make no mistake about it, it was a terrible overthrow at Harrison Smith uh, in, in, on your half of the field. Right. And then they allow a 35 yard return, which was a killer too, but that's just, you know, a shorter guy with not great arm strength, just ripping it too much without touch. And we all know, right? I mean, you guys have been around this game for a long, long, long time that maybe when you don't have great arm strength or great size, and he had gotten a couple of balls knocked down in that game, and that's something certainly the Philadelphia Eagles can look at tonight, um, you know, facing him. Because remember, you guys didn't face him not only earlier in week three, but also in that late season game last year because he was out with COVID. That was Garrett Gilbert. So uh, I'm trying to remember the – yeah, he would have played in the first game last year uh, against Philadelphia. Um, but, you know, that's the thing with Heineke. Like, he was pretty good in the third quarter last week after sucking for the entire first half, and then he was dreadful again in the fourth quarter – and so you never really know what you're going to get, which I suppose is the same for most quarterbacks, but he's definitely more up and down yo-yo like, um, and he's only, I don't want to say he's good for at least one turnover a game, but he's pretty much good for at least one boneheaded, terrible yeah. throw a game. And if you guys can be in the right spot, meaning the Eagles, um, you know, then especially with the secondary that Howie Roseman has put together, my <laughs> goodness, it's going to be probably lights out. We all know how good the Eagles are in terms of turnover margin, takeaways. And again, you have a quarterback that's apt to make a, um, I guess, a throw that, you know, certainly you should not make all things considered and maybe more than one. So if they're in the really yeah. right position, it could be two or three. I, I would think the biggest boneheaded throw was the triple coverage throw that turned into seven points for Washington. Yeah. So if you had the back judge wiping out the yeah. center fielder, uh, that's a great play to have in your playbook, Chris. But, no, you're, uh, you're right, John. I mean, yeah. uh, I, I mean, that should have been an interception or at least a knockdown. You know, Kevin O'Connell, when I talked to him after the game last week, uh, the Vikings head coach, who was the former offensive coordinator here, he was obviously a little yeah. bit salty about that. And, uh, as you know, he, he should have been. Um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know if you're going to see that scenario yeah. again tonight. I don't know but if you can count on that. Right, with Darius Slay and James Bradbury and, and, and Chancey Gardner-Johnson, even though Avante Maddox is out, you know, the, there, there's a more than good chance that Taylor Heineke is going to throw. They some, some guys around here call them YOLO balls. You know, you, you only live once balls. Yeah. I, I don't know if I call them that. Uh, I just call it a not great quarterback ball. And, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, listen, even the greats make mistakes. We, we all understand that. But when you're not great, which certainly you would not describe Taylor Heineke as under any circumstances, and you make those kind of decisions, it's hard to dig yourself out of it. You know, Kirk Cousins made some terrible throws yesterday, dug himself out of it with some big-time throws. Aaron Rodgers, same thing. Tom Brady, same thing. Well, guess what? Taylor Heineke really and usually can't do that, especially against the Bird secondary. At least that's the way I see it. All right, Chris, uh, if you've been a member of this football team for the last year and change, you got to go further back two years, three years, four years. 
there's always something in addition to football that you have to deal with. Something going on with the organization. It has never even reached this higher point before with everything that's going on and the potential sale of the team. It comes down to the coach being able to keep the team insulated and just focused on football. Easier said than done at times, and I would think this would be one of those times, or is it? Has the head coach been able to keep this team in that cocoon you need to be when other things around the organization are going as haywire as they are? Yeah, Jody Mack, I I think he's I, I think Ron Rivera's done a, a as good of a job as you can, all things considered. Um, you know, one thing that you know has hurt him is he's been gone. Let me see, two out of the last three weeks for a couple of days because unfortunately he went back to see his mom on the West Coast uh, before she passed away, and then his mom passed away uh, last Monday. Uh, was it last Monday night? Uh, like right around there. So he missed. You know, he uh, no, actually, I'm sorry. It was the week of leading up to the Vikings game, and then he went away last Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday when they had the extra day to prepare for the Eagles. So he wasn't really there, you know, during that. And as part of that, some of this just never-ending controversy again, reared its ugly head from the Dan Snyder sale, which actually, if it goes through, has been a positive thing. Yeah. Uh, but the attorney generals, all the, the crazy-ass statements, you know, using Brian Robinson Jr., the rookie Redskin, uh, rookie commanders running back, uh, as basically a stage prop and a statement uh, to show how bad the police department is and to, uh, how everybody's against the commanders. That, that, rang true and, and and ripped home in that locker room as much as anything and more than anything probably because people did not appreciate how an external lawyer and spokesman used that situation their teammate their brother as a means to kind of defend the organization if you will um so <clears throat> I, I think ron has done an admirable job but to say that this team is not affected by it to say that they're not thinking about it, questioned about it all the time, you know, that's absurd. That's crazy. You can't keep that stuff completely out of the locker room. You can't keep it completely out of your lives. We all live in a social media world, right? We all go home and we get questions about what we do and what happened and, and why this and why that from people that care, people that are passionate, people that want to know, right? Because we're supposedly on the inside. Well, imagine you're a player for this team and you're like, are you going to sell? Is Jeff Bezos buying the team? Is Jay-Z yeah. buying the team? Uh, is Dan Snyder getting arrested? You know, all of these things, you're constantly dealing with it from your wife, your girlfriend, your kids, your boys, your brother, you know, whatever it might be. It's impossible to shut it out. Impossible. Yeah. And poor Ron Rivera is coming home from his uh, mother's funeral and he's right. texting apologies to his players. Right. Exactly. So that's, that's a bad situation and, and, to be. And Ron, you know, just uh, aside on Ron, you know, like, I, I I mean, he obviously coached in Philly at one point under Andy, right? So, yeah. you know, Philly fans, you know, still probably sort of remember Ron, uh, you know, other than just him being an NFL head coach. You know, he is, guys, he, he he's as noble of a dude as you're going to get in this profession, especially at that level, right? Yeah. I mean, he's not perfect. No, Nobody would say that he's perfect. And he's flawed as a football coach. There is no doubt about that. Uh, but, you know, he's as noble of a man as you can. There is nobody. And, I mean, I've covered Mike Shanahan, Jim Zorn, Jay Gruden. 
I've been around the league, you know, been, um, you know, you know, as you guys know, we, we cover more than just one team in a lot of cases. And, and, and when you do the national stuff and all that and, you know, whatever, like you, you, you have a feel for the league. There is nobody, there is nobody, no coach ever in the history of the NFL that has had to deal what Ron Ron Rivera has had to deal with in his first two and a half years on the job here in Washington. Nobody. And that includes Mike Shanahan, who went through the absolute meat grinder um, here in Washington as well with Donovan McNabb, as you guys well know, and Albert Hainsworth and Robert Griffin III and Dan Snyder and Bruce Allen and controversy after controversy. Mike, that was hors d'oeuvres. This has been a seven-course dinner, you know, for Ron Rivera, and I feel bad for the guy. I really do. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I'm with you 100%. It's such a difficult situation. I think Ron has handled it very, very well. But with the game tonight, I do want to ship back on the field, Chris. The one issue, the one issue that I think the Eagles might have, because. I got to watch that game last week because the Eagles played on Thursday night. Boy, I was impressed by that Washington front. So two questions. What what the heck is going on with Chase Young, number one? Is he going to be able to play tonight? And secondly, how good has Jonathan Allen been this year? I mean, that was a pretty good guard, Ezra Cleveland. He got the blue Tarski from Pro Football Focus, 0.0. Pass protection yeah. against Jonathan Allen, yeah. and that's a pretty good player. Yeah, I mean Jonathan Allen is an absolute manchild. Like he doesn't get the same amount of credit that an Aaron Donald gets, and and I'm not saying he's Aaron Donald, but he's, you know, the last year and a half he's really elevated into the premier two way player that they were hoping he would be. You know, out of Alabama. Remember, guys, he was expected to be a top three overall pick and dropped to number 17 because there were condi- there were concerns about his arthritic shoulder. That hasn't been a problem, really, at all. I mean, he's missed a couple of games here and there, missed a couple of games in his uh, – missed maybe about two-thirds of his rookie season back in 2017 because of a Liz Frank foot injury. But the shoulder hasn't been an issue at all. And, again, the last year and a half, he's really, really, really come on as a dominant interior pass rusher but he's good against the run as well he's good at snuffing out screens as you may have seen john uh on the second series first play uh last week against i think it was against alvin cook if memory serves me correct uh just blew that one up uh but the bottom line is is yeah i, I mean he, he's really developed and deron Payne in a walk year has had a monster consistent year yeah he's paired next to him right uh deron Payne has always shown flashes of talent but he's never been consistent like he has been so far this year. Now, maybe that's the money talking. I don't know. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. But, man, has he really elevated his game. Montez Sweat as well. Uh, he had a rough, rough, rough year last year with injuries, personal tragedy, COVID, all of that stuff. And he's bounced back after a slow start sack-wise. He was getting pressure and hits and all that stuff. So that defensive line, really, really, really good. They've done a good job stopping the run. Um, you know, the only time people have, when people have been able to really crease them is quite honestly, you know, missed tackles. And that really hasn't come against that defensive line. That's more at the linebacker level and so on. As far as Chase Young goes, uh, guys, I, as far as I understand the, 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 um, 
I, I believe with the roster elevation that he would need, that that deadline has passed at 4 o'clock yesterday afternoon. Uh, and they obviously did not make that. They were not expecting him to play uh, as the week went along. Originally, he was supposed to play. Uh, and it's something, uh, I want to call it a setback. They're very, they're very against that word. But clearly, they backed him off when they had to go inside and practice inside at their team facility on field turf. We all know what the buzz has been about around the league about that. Uh, so they back, they backed him off uh, today, tonight, when, again, he was supposed to return his one year to the day that he suffered the original injury against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Now, it wasn't just your normal standard garden variety torn ACL. It was a torn ACL. Uh, they had uh, It was a torn patella. They had to do a grafting from the other leg. So, I mean, he's had a bunch going on. But, yeah, they haven't had him for a year. And barring something I'm not aware of, guys, I don't expect that to change this week. And, you know, they're running out of time on uh, to make a decision on him. They've only got about, I think, nine more days after today to make a decision. I assume he'll be activated for either this Sunday in Houston or the next Sunday after that against Atlanta. But doesn't look like he's going to be a part of tonight's game. Fair enough. All right, last thing, Chris, and we'll let you get in and uh, start the show. Uh, yeah, and it's a good thing for those two studly defensive tackles. They haven't tried to punch each other on the sideline at all this year, which is a major plus. Um, uh, one major, uh, no, no questions asked. It looks like Cole Holcomb's going to be out of the lineup tonight. They're yes. uh, probably yeah. top linebacker. How yeah. big a difference is it with him off the field and on the field for them? Both John and I are giving credit to their D-line, but that oftentimes opens things up for linebackers to make plays. If you don't have your best linebacker there to make the play, uh, how does it really benefit your defense how much does will this team miss Holcomb tonight being out of the lineup? Yeah, they, they've struggled at the linebacker spot, which is kind of a, a weird, being that both Del Rio, the defensive coordinator, and Rivera, former NFL linebackers. Uh, but they've struggled there. There's no doubt about it. Cole Holcomb was the guy that they chose to be their Mike. Uh, this year, after things did not work out last year for a variety of reasons with Jamin Davis, the first round uh, pick last year from Kentucky and John Bostic. And you'll see both of those guys play tonight because David Mayo, their other Mike linebacker, uh, not David Mustard. No, no, no. you got to hold the Mustard, <laughs> uh, hold the Mayo, apparently. He's out again tonight. So they're really short two Mike linebackers, if you will. But Jamin Davis has really um, come on strong. He is a super athletic freak, sideline to sideline, tough, physical, fast, all that. Getting better in pass coverage. If I'm the Eagles, I would still very much test him out on wheel routes, on option routes. That type of thing does miss a tackle here and there. But he's primarily been their main linebacker because what they do, guys, is play a lot of five defensive linemen, play a lot of nickel personnel in the backfield, which most teams do anyway. And then what they'll do is they call it their Buffalo nickel package. They'll play instead of three corners, two safeties, they'll play three safeties, two corners, and drop like Cameron Curl uh, down into and towards the line of scrimmage and basically act as if he's like a second linebacker. So that's how they compensate uh, for that. Guys, if I, if I would, you know, from an Eagles perspective, I would, and they did this in week three, I was there. Uh, they attacked Kendall Fuller, obviously with Devontae Smith. And Benjamin St. Juice is a second-year corner, 6'2", 215, 20-pound corner, who had his breakout game against the Eagles in week three at FedEx. Yeah. Four past it. 
pass breakups on third down, right? But then A.J. Brown beat him on a slant for a nine-yard touchdown. I would expect, this is me, Benjamin St. Juice to be more on Devontae Smith, even though, you know, it's a jitterbug versus a bigger tight body matchup, because I don't think they think Kendall Fuller can cover Devontae Smith even in zone and stay with him, which he couldn't do. And even on 50-50 balls, if you remember that throw at yeah, the halftime, half yeah. You know, he outjumped him, right? A smaller guy versus a bigger guy. So I think you'll probably see a little bit of a flip in that regard uh, with St. Juice maybe more drawing uh, Devontae Smith at least early and maybe Kendall Fuller, who is kind of a bigger body, but not a big body against A.J. Uh, Brown. That's at least the way I would try it if I was the commanders and try and see if that yields better results tonight. So that's the area that I still worry about besides all the stuff on offense and Taylor Heineke and the offensive line. And, I mean, they've got, you know, their left guard might be out, Andrew Norwell, their center. They might be on their fourth center tonight. Uh, we'll see how that Ooh. plays out. They haven't been able to run the ball. They haven't been able to convert on third down. Um, you know, all of that aside, Offense is clearly their biggest issue, but on the defensive side, trying to slow down Hurts and the Eagles, they did a pretty good job stopping the run, but that area that I just talked about is, is an area that, you know, look, I mean, I, I think the Eagles are probably going to be able to have some success with Chris, great stuff. No, you got to get inside. Don't you show. Thank you for fighting the traffic and jumping on with us. I think we heard uh, everything we needed to hear from you. Uh, thanks, buddy. We will do it again you. down the road. Absolutely. Sounds good. Thanks, Chris, Chris. Russell from uh, the 980 AM, the team down there in D.C., both reporter and hosts on the Commanders. Um, uh, the fact that he said the offensive line is not in tip. I, I didn't right. know they were down another center. Yeah, that was a big issue in that week three game that Wes Schweitzer was playing uh, center and he could not block anybody. So that was a big deal. That was the nine sack game for the Eagles. Um but I did. He did mention, and I should have mentioned before, uh, Benjamin St. Juice. That is a player I really like as well. Um, he did a nice job against AJ Brown, as good as anybody. And then last week, he did, he 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 made Justin Jefferson work. Now Jefferson still did a bunch, as he always does. You kind of saw that yesterday. Um, but he made him work for for his hundred and twenty yards or whatever the heck he had. I, I he's a really good young corner. And you know how big a Devontae Smith fan I am. If they decide to put St. Juice on him just to shut him down, look for AJ Brown to go for about yeah. I don't. Yeah, I, I'm still. I'm still. Kettlefull's got to cover somebody. Yeah. That's an issue with the Eagles. If you try and. Uh, specifically try and target one of the Eagle wide receivers to keep him in check. Yeah. The other guy's just going to fly. I, I, I don't agree with Chris there. I'm keeping St. Juice on AJ and Kendall Fuller. Yeah. As Jonathan Gannon would say, tough duty, buddy, but you got to step up. Um, you got to do better. And I expect him to do better. I mean, that was the best game Devontae Smith has ever had. It's hard to predict a replication of that. Um, but yeah, it should be an advantage, Eagles, with that, uh, with that second, uh, and it usually is. You know, let's be honest, it usually is. And oh, by the way, they're having some issues at linebacker, which means it could be a Dallas Goddard night as well. I, John McMahon, I'm Jody McDonald. We still got plenty of time here on Birds 365. Coming up next hour, we're going to get our buddy Paul Domwich involved. 
I do want to talk to Johnny Mack about a couple of things around the league. We touched on it briefly, uh, the Vikings and the Bills. And uh, what does that say about the Eagles? And oh, by the way, we haven't gotten into the uh, team from the Lone Star State just yet. They're now three games behind the Philadelphia Eagles with the Cowboy loss yesterday. Did something they had never done before in the history of their organization. We'll talk about that next here on Birds 365. Don't wait until after Thanksgiving for leftovers. It's the new leftover sales event at Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Jeff must get rid of hundreds of new 2022 vehicles on the lot. Rams, Grand Cherokees, Wranglers, Jeff has them all for less. Jeff has reduced prices and payments to the lowest they've been all year. And Jeff knocks down high interest rates, save thousands more than anywhere else. Plus, get more for any trade or lease return. You always win at Jeff's great selection, best price. Hurry in now. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Black Friday sales event. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean. University, our graduates are among the most highly trained in their profession because of our unique emphasis on research, interprofessional collaboration, and early clinical exposure. Learn more about our programs at salis.edu. Got your Mac guys here on Birds 365. Johnny Mac didn't have to go to any uh, stadium or arena yesterday because he's got to go tonight to uh, down to South Philly to watch the Eagles and the Commanders play Monday Night Football, which means you, like me, were in front of the TV watching football all day yesterday, Johnny Mac. 
And yeah, the Buffalo Viking game was just phenomenal. Yeah, some sloppy, some bad play, some individual mistakes made by players, but the fact that it it, it played out the way that it did and hung in the balance, and there were some spectacular made plays made too. Some yeah. bad plays. But oh yeah, some that's the plays. secret of the NFL: the excitement. That is the secret sauce to it all, Jody. Right, and there were some uh, exciting games on both in the early window and the late window. Even the Sunday nighter, your 49ers uh, came back and won after struggling a little bit defensively in the first half. The uh, Chargers are down their top two wide receivers, but were moving the ball through the air. Uh, But they did get the job done, and they wanted to keep themselves viable in the NFC. But that late afternoon window, uh, before the season started, if there was a game you were going to circle – it would have been the Cowboys and the Packers because you're talking about two divisional winners from last year. Granted, both lost in the first round of the playoffs or their first round of the playoffs. Packers actually got to wait a week because they had the best record in the NFC last year. Uh, The Packers come in struggling. The Cowboys looking up in the standings at the Eagles. And in the history of the Dallas Cowboys, since they came into the league in the 60s, 195 times in the history of the organization, they had a 14-point lead or more in the fourth quarter. In those games, they were 195-0. and yeah. They had never lost a game where they had a 14-plus point lead in the fourth quarter. Now make them 195-1 and because yeah. they coughed it up. By yesterday. the way, same thing happened in Buffalo. It was 40 years since Buffalo was up 14 at halftime, uh, and they were up 17 at one point that they lost that lead. And first time in 40 years, it's a different NFL. So I I don't put much stock in that because it's so it's so much easier to score than it used to be. But it's still a big deal when it happens. But it happens every week now. Somebody comes back from 14. Somebody comes back from 17. Somebody comes back. So, I mean, it's. I understand what you're saying, but it doesn't surprise me. It surprised me they gave up three touchdown passes to that Christian Watson. Boy, if they – Green Bay, keep an eye on – by the way, all these teams, Green Bay, San Francisco, um, Tampa Bay. I, 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 you know, those those teams, if they figure it out in the second half and find a way into the dance, so to speak, I'm still more cautious about them than, say, the New York Giants. Go ahead, beat up on the Giants. Guess what? Right now, I will tell you, the Giants are a lock to make the playoffs. Oh, well, I, I, the 49ers are not a lot no. to make the playoffs. But who would the, you pick in that game? Tampa is in better position because the rest of that division just flat out stinks. So I think Tampa is going to win that division by default. But they're less of a lock than the Giants are. And oh, the Green course. Bay Packers are far from a lock to being in the playoffs. So the first thing you have to achieve to make a run in the playoffs is to actually make the playoffs. Well, and I agree, Jody. a lock to be in other than uh, past performances in previous years in playoffs. All success. I'm saying is, if, if, and it wouldn't happen because of how it would be set up, but if any of those three teams got the matchup with the Giants in the playoffs, I guarantee you right now I'm picking any of those other three All teams, right. especially San Francisco. Nobody wants to see San Francisco, but they're going to get that thing rolling. 
Uh, and you, you, you kind of see glimpses of it with McCaffrey. Now Debo Samuel's back. Uh, Brandon Ayuk has turned into a player now. Uh, you know, I, I don't think anything of Jimmy Garoppolo, and I still don't. But, boy, they're going to be difficult to deal with. Um, yeah, Tampa Bay's going to make the playoffs because somebody's got to make the playoffs from that division. I know how much respect you have for Tom Brady. You're not a lot, lot alone. I think that would scare anybody. Um, and then, you know, the Giants, hey, I give them credit. Same thing with Minnesota. They're finding ways to win games. You know, they had Houston yesterday. The Eagles had Houston. That's part of it. You know, they get Houston too. They took care of business. They're giving the football to Saquon Barkley, what, 35 times? 35 times yesterday. They're they're Ezekiel Elliott, Elliotting Saquon Barkley. They should. That's how they win football games. Um, As long as he's healthy, they're going to be difficult. Uh, But, you know, the NFC is getting a little bit more interesting because – some of the old guard is starting to figure it out um, and, and getting it a little bit better as we get to the second half of the and season. And one thing I've got to admit to here, um, you and I both picked the Eagles to uh, win the division and win double-digit games. I got to 12 right before the season started. And I'll be honest, the biggest reason I got to 12 was I didn't like the NFC. I thought the Eagles were an 11 or 12. All right, I'm going 12 because the NFC isn't as good as the AFC. It's going to be easier to win 12 games in the NFC than it is the AFC. Guess what? The NFC is just as good as the AFC. Uh, the the balance of power that I had thought swung pretty heavily during the offseason didn't swing near as much as I thought it did, and a big reason for that is A.J. Brown going from the AFC to the NFC here in Philadelphia. Yeah, I thought that the NFC was going to be the softer of the two conferences. Johnny Mack, that's just not the case. No, it it hasn't been the case. I mean, we all thought, I think we all thought the the AFC West was going to be the best division of football. Hasn't turned out that way. Not Um, even close. No. Chiefs are going to run away and hide. Yeah. Yeah. you know, the AFC East has been like the NFC East. That's been the best division, uh, surprising a, a lot of people. But I'm with you. I mean, the NFC is every bit as good as the AFC. At this point, you could argue maybe better, mm-hmm. maybe better. Um, because, like I said, well, the Eagles are at the top, and I think they're the most well-rounded team. But, it, you know, Minnesota just beat Buffalo. All right. It was difficult. Uh, a bunch of things had to happen. But the game was in Buffalo. I mean, the game wasn't in Minnesota, so you would think uh, that's a feather in that team's cap. Uh, Kansas City's a good team. I have tremendous respect for uh, Andy Reid, but they don't scare you defensively. They never do. Their their whole thing is blitzes. They got to get you the third and long, and then Steve Spagnolo can unleash a bunch of his invented blitzes. But guess what? They got a really difficult time getting the third and long at times. Uh, they don't have a ton of talent outside Chris Jones on that defense. I think the NFC can argue that they're better than the AFC right now, and which oh, shocks me, by the way. Shocks yeah, me. Well, both of us thought the AFC was going to be better than the NFC. Hey, real quick, because I meant to, I, I meant to correct this uh, with Chris. The NFL shuts down the transaction wire on Sunday, so if you play Monday, you have this dispensation. I, I, okay. I. Uh, I went through that earlier this year. I thought, well, you know, the Eagles aren't elevating anyone, but you get the extra day. So 
I think it's by four o'clock today. You get to elevate people, you get to activate people. So I don't know if Chase Young's going to play, but I think it's still a possibility. Okay. Something worth keeping their eye on. But as I told you previously here on the show, if Chase Young comes out of mothballs, having not played in more than a year and gets two sacks and four quarterback pressures and three uh, quarterback hits against either Mylotta and or Lane Johnson coming yeah, off not the edge happen. tonight. And I by the way, be, if he does, you could knock me over with a feather. So let's let's yeah, not I'm, make I'm too far big a deal about worried. the return of Chase Young. Number one, he wasn't good last year. He had a really good rookie year. Number two pick was going to be a revolutionary uh, edge player. He didn't do much up until the time he got hurt, and he's been hurt for a year, and now he's coming back for his first game. So I'm not going to shake in my boots if I'm the Eagles no, because I, ooh, I would Chase be... Young is back tonight. I would be more worried about Jonathan Allen, but, yes. and if he does play, he's probably going to play 10 or 15 snaps. So yeah, I'm with you from that aspect. I'm just talking from, but I will disagree. Look, Chase Young is one of those guys expectations. He played well last year. He was a good player. He's supposed to be a great player. And that's when you're the number two pick in the draft, right? You're supposed to be Joey Bosa. You're supposed to be Nick Bosa from that school. He's not that player, but he's a good player. He's a good player. Um, and, you know, that's – I. we talk all the time. The expectations are what they are. When you're at the top of the draft, you have to be a great player. He hasn't turned into a great player. And he was a great player his rookie year. He, he was flashing the, yeah, I deserve to be the second to pick in a draft type plays. He just didn't do it his second year before he got hurt. So I have no idea what he's going to come back and be. I'm not all that afraid of him for the last second half of the season here because it's going to take time. You don't just get back onto the field. And there have been, no, I, yeah. I read one article where Ron Rivera in describing how he looked in practice was very enthusiastic. Jack Del Rio was asked the same question the next day and said, well, we, we know the efforts there, which means he's not getting anything done. So even in, between the coaches on their own staff, they had, dissenting opinions as to how good he's actually looked in practice. I'm not afraid a little bit if I'm the Eagles. Fan. No, either am I, because it, uh, I, I'm talking about the Eagles playing three, three games in 29 days, rust. He's, he's not playing any year, but I get you, you, you know, when his rookie year was, I just looked up pro football focus. He was number five of 110 edge rushers. So that's pretty darn good. Right. Last year he was 24 of 110. So it wasn't like he's a terrible player. What what happened is he's not a splash player. He's not making the splash plays. And everybody thought he was going to be a Bosa. Everybody said he was better than the Bosa's. Well, he hasn't been better than Bosa's. And he's not making those splash plays. But he's still a very good player. That's my only point. The only, But he's, he's not played for 12 months. So even if he's out there, it's going to be in a very limited, limited fashion. I'm much more concerned about Jonathan Allen who's having an all-pro type of season. Who, uh, uh, again, I'll, I'll, I'll attempt not to hurt myself while patting myself on the back. When we first started Birds 365, Jonathan Allen was actually available. He was a free agent with the uh, at the time they were the football team before they became the commanders. And that was one of the guys I targeted. During the offseason, you talk about free agents that the team should go after. 
oh, that was a guy I talked up a blue stick. If the Eagles could steal him from Washington. Now, he never got out of Washington, so give them credit for locking up their own guy. But he did get to free agency. And, yeah, I know, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, they, they went out and drafted Jordan Davis, so they could have figured out a way to get Jonathan Allen incorporated into this Eagle, Eagle uh, defensive line. Oh, I, I knew how good a player he was. And he's another one. Well, no, because Young had the good fresh uh, first year. Jonathan Allen had not played to his level of capabilities for his first couple of years in the NFL. Good, as Johnny Mack likes to point out, just because they're not great, don't give him credit for being good. Oh, yeah, he was good for Washington. He for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's now taken his game to another level this year. Yeah, it definitely has. Like I said, I got to see that game, and he he just yeah. It, it's one thing to see a a great player beat up on a bad player. You you expect that, but he beat up on a good player, a, a good player who came in as a top ten guard rated, and he just obliterated him on a consistent, consistent level. And that, to me, is when you take that next step. Now I haven't seen him play. I did see him. He, he was very effective against the Eagles. People forget, you know, that game kind of got out of hand uh, because of Carson Wentz's inabilities. It wasn't necessarily defense. The defense was holding up okay, um, and then things kind of uh, fell off. And I expect a similar thing to happen tonight, by the way. But that that defensive front, and the Eagles said it, Nick Sirianni said it before week three. Jason Kelsey said it this week. Best defensive front they've seen all season. Best defensive front they're prop. Kelsey said probably we're going to see all season. I don't know what's up ahead. I'd have to look. I can't imagine anybody's going to bring a better defensive front than Washington. That's the strength of their team. Right. And uh, the Eagles are going to have to deal with that uh, tonight. All right, one other thing from around the NFL that I wanted to mention, um, and neither you nor I uh, were as outspoken as some of the other national pundits with what happened with the Indianapolis Colts this week, firing Frank Reich. And, oh, by the way, I know you got a job to do, and I don't think it was you, it was some of your Eagle Beat guys. The I guess you have to ask the question, you know the Eagles aren't bringing Frank Reich in this week, right? Oh, Frank, your ex-mentor. What is Nick Sirianni supposed to say? 
Yeah. yeah. I called him as soon as he was fired and said, get your ass here to Philadelphia. We need you. Of course he's not going to say it. What do you expect him to say? He can't say anything. Frank Wright. Well, why? But, but first of all, he said more than I expected him to. He said, you know, Frank's a consultant, whether he's in the building or out of the building, which I already knew. He talks right. to Frank all the time. He texts Frank all the time. I don't know why people are so obsessed with the consultant thing. You know, when he wants to talk to Frank, he talks to Frank, right. uh, unless the Eagles are playing the Colts, as they would be if Frank was still the head coach. They weren't going to be talking that week. Now they probably will. There'll probably be an advantage for uh, the Eagles, at least a little bit. I'm glad he brought up Jeff Saturday for two reasons. Josh McDaniels is an abject joke as a head coach in this league. But that, and, you know. And out, just, just for those new to Birds 365, how close were the Eagles to hiring Josh McDaniels very, instead of very, Nick Sirianni? Very, well, it depends how you look. How we recommended it, Jeffrey said no. So I don't know. If the owner says no, I don't, I don't know if you can call it close. Um, if but the yeah, general manager were... suggests you should hire a guy as a head coach, yeah, but if the owner quali- says, I think no. that qualifies for close by itself, yeah. Well, I agree. Look, uh, they're not the only ones. I mean, Indianapolis tried to hire him. Everybody thinks Josh McDaniels is, and he is a good offensive coordinator, but we know there's some people who are good, co- bad head coaches. Correct. I think. Head coaching has more to do with communication, all this weird nebulous stuff, and everybody's worried about scheme. Two things I love about Jeff Saturday. First of all, this manufactured outrage of people. Oh, this is the worst thing in the history of the world. Shut up. He didn't embarrass himself. Nope. And and the second thing, I think there's I think there's this undercurrent with coaches like boy, man, we don't want to think anybody can come off the street and do what we do. And I'm not saying anybody can, but I'm also saying Jeff Saturday didn't come in off the street. He played the game for a long time. I don't know why that's not considered experience. He played the game at the highest level. Oh, by the way, his quarterback was Peyton Manning. That helped him as well. I, I, I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. And, and, and and he did the right thing. Anybody who thinks Matt Ryan doesn't give that team the best chance to win shouldn't be coaching. So Frank Reich made that decision. He should have been fired, but I don't think Frank Reich might made that decision. So one guy's allowed to do it. One guy's not allowed to do it. That's the owner. Agreed. Uh, I think the owner did an about face and uh, that's on him. Um, if, if he had hired Jeff Bezos instead of Jeff Saturday, then I would go, what the hell is he doing? I already got a successful guy, not a football guy. Jeff Saturday's a football guy. And he made a great point. I just saw it this morning. I must miss it all week. Uh, Saturday made a great point. When Aaron Boone got the job as the manager of the New York Yankees, he had never managed a day in his life. He had never coached a day in his life. Some, some he gone say straight he still from hasn't player managed. to the ESPN broadcast booth to become the Yankees manager. So it's not like it had never happened before, but somehow it was a disgrace to the National Football League that he skipped steps to become the head coach of the Indianapolis yeah. Colts. It happens all the time in basketball now. Derek Fisher was the first. I brought him up. Steve Nash, you know. A bunch of guys have done it in basketball now. Um, and, and you mentioned baseball. Yeah, 
it, it it happens in baseball. Unfortunately, it didn't happen for Mike Schmidt. He's still upset about that with Philadelphia. But um, it, it yeah, it, it's absurd to me that experience playing the game is not considered experience. Uh, it, it 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 makes no sense to me. It make and what other <laughs> industry is that the case? It makes no sense. Can he can he lead people? Can he get people on the same page? Um, that's what I think the strength is, is Nick Sirianni. But everybody's obsessed with scheme, especially defensively. Everybody runs the same damn scheme now. Everybody runs quarters covers. So it's about teaching and it's about, you know, getting people to play the right way and doing things and all this nebulous stuff that people don't want to talk about. And I don't know if Jeff Satter is going to be a, a, a long-term success. But I guarantee it, you would have saw week one if he didn't know anything about football. And those who think he knows nothing about football, how what sense does that make? What what sense does that make? Would you say Jason Kelsey knows nothing about football? Because that's what Jeff Saturday was to Indianapolis. Right. I mean, it, it makes no sense to me, Jody. It's because if you're in the profession and you've been a coach and you know the time and effort that you put in the buildup or whatever, God forbid, I'll use the phrase over again, uh, someone skips some steps to get to the ultimate position. Not all races are run exactly the same. Not everyone gets where they're going to get to going down the exact same path. Jeff Saturday traveled a shorter and a little bit more quickly elevated path doesn't make it wrong just because it wasn't what you did or worked out for you the guy who went over the top yesterday was bill cower did you see him on the cbs uh, i, I didn't show? see it but i did see i i, I read some of the comments yeah oh my god you would think that it was the biggest slap in the face to every coach who's ever uh, stood on a sideline in the history of the national football no, josh mcdaniels this is the biggest slap in the face that's how right. you should look a, at it. a guy who checked all those boxes yeah. who took all those steps years and years and years of being a quarter always oh, got head coaching nfl experience how's that working out for you raiders not too well. Yeah. yeah. Some people yeah. just get overreactive to when things are done differently. Good for Jeff Saturday. I won't be rooting for him next week when he's playing the Eagles, but the rest of the year. And by the way, all well. of a sudden, all of a sudden, Indianapolis looks more difficult. Now, I, the Eagles are a better team. They're going to be heavily favored. Nine and a half, I think, is the opening line, which can shift depending on what happens tonight. Um, but Matt Ryan's going to play. And that's their best quarterback. I don't want to hear about Sam Ellinger or Nick Bowles. Matt Ryan could wake up out of bed on a Sunday morning and play better than those guys, even at his age. So he made that decision. Uh, gives him the best chance to win, which is what Jeff Saturday said, and he's correct. And then Jonathan Taylor's back, and he ran for, I don't know what, one what do you have yesterday? 140 or something? Yeah, so, 100, I don't know what the yeah. number exactly was. Yeah. But I feel more justified in my stance from last week, last Sunday, when I said, Eagle fans, get ready for a reunion with Nick Foles. And that was before Frank Reich was even fired and Jeff Hat Saturday was hired. But since then, Saturday's taken over. And miraculously, Matt Ryan is healthy. 
Supposedly yeah. he was injured these last two weeks when Sam Ellinger was started. Man, did he get healthy fast. Oh, Saturday will do the same thing. If Ryan gets hurt in-game next week, the guy coming off the bench is going to be Nicky Six, not Sam Ellinger. Oh, yeah. I they, agree will with put, that. they will put folds into the game if Ryan should get hurt. And, oh, by the way, Ryan ran it twice. Once he galloped off for about 35 yards. I don't think Matt Ryan has run. 39. Uh, yeah, I'm just looking at it. A 39-yard rush. Uh, I, Taylor I was, has one. I was watching the game at the time that he pulled it down and took off. He made a pump fake. He he went like he was going to go for the sidelines and then turned it back upfield. And the tacker completely whiffed on him. And he made this uh, big run down the sidelines. Yeah, Matt Ryan can't do that. He hadn't done that since high school here in the Philly one, area. Uh, 147, Jody, for Jonathan Taylor. Was it? So, Almost a buck 50. Damn, yeah. he had a big game. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, so. we well, first things first, commanders tonight, and then the Colts. It won't be as fun if Frank Reich was uh, the coach still for the Colts, but uh, he'll be on the phone consulting with Nick Sirianni leading up to that game. But we don't want to look past – Commanders tonight, and joining us next to give us a helping hand with that is our buddy Paul Domwich. Uh, you can read his stat pack on jacobsports.com. Uh, he also writes for the 33rd team, and he jumps aboard Birds 365 when we ask him. Damo next here on Birds 365. Don't wait until after Thanksgiving for leftovers. It's the new leftover sales event at Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Jeff must get rid of hundreds of new 2022 vehicles on the lot. Rams, Grand Cherokees, Wranglers, Jeff has them all for less. Jeff has reduced prices and payments to the lowest they've been all year. And Jeff knocks down high interest rates, save thousands more than anywhere else. Plus, get more for any trade or lease return. You always win at Jeff's great selection, best price. Hurry in now. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Black Friday sales event. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to Ocean.
At Salis University, our graduates are among the most highly trained in their profession because of our unique emphasis on research, interprofessional collaboration, and early clinical exposure. Learn more about our programs at salis.edu. You got your Mega Mac guys here on Birds 365, and there he is. He's Hawaiian shirt clad. He is our guy, Paul Domwood, who always comes dressed for success when he streams in with us here on Birds 365. Domo, uh, how'd you spend your uh, day yesterday? Uh, in front of the TV, watching about, uh, what, 15 hours of football? or <laughs> You know, I tried to watch the Giants, you know, early, uh, just, you know, to get some intel because they're yeah. in the NFC East. But yeah, I had to tap out of that pretty quickly. Go to Minnesota <laughs> Buffalo. <laughs> that is a rough watch, but you got to give the New York Giants credit. They, they keep winning games. They're running Saquon Barkley into the ground. Um, I'm, I'm impressed by that team. What do you think? Well, Jody and I were talking about it, Donna. Before the season, I think we all assumed the AFC was better than the NFC pretty significantly. I'm not sure mm-hmm. that's the case now. No, no, especially when you see the flaws in some of the teams like even Buffalo uh, yesterday when Josh Allen just gets careless with the football and, uh, you know, a couple of injuries. Chargers, I thought, were going to be a good team, and they lose Keenan Allen and, and Mike Williams, and suddenly they're very ordinary. Yeah, I mean, it's – there's you know, I, I, I think you're right. Well, by the way, the Giants have beaten Tennessee, who's got, what, two or three losses? Uh, what are they up to seven three. and three now? Yeah. Uh, the Packers, who – because Aaron Rodgers kind of woke up in the second half. Oh, the Packers are back in it. Yeah, except they lost to the Giants. Um, and, oh, they beat the Ravens. We're a damn good AFC team, too. So uh, say what you want about the Giants. Yeah, Daniel Jones still isn't a franchise quarterback as far as I'm concerned. But they just know how to win games, and they're a very well-coached team. Brian Dable's not only done a good job himself, but put together a real nice staff for that Giant squad. Yeah, and, I mean, this is what I know about Daniel Jones. He hasn't thrown an interception since 2015, I think, uh, I mean, it's amazing. What's he got? Two interceptions, none since week three. Uh, he doesn't make mistakes. Uh, sure, you know, their passing game isn't great, but he doesn't have any receivers, and he's still, you know, he's still putting up numbers. So, yeah. and, and you know, you got, when you got Saquon, you feed him the ball and, and just hope he stays healthy. Well, uh, ball security, you know, if I could point to one thing, that would translate to the Eagles' success. I mean, mm-hmm. they came into this week at plus 15, Damo. Um, and number two was Baltimore at plus seven. Um, yeah. That is lapping the field, as they say. And um, one of the things that I talked about, you, you mentioned Josh Allen. Josh Allen made more mistakes in the fourth quarter and overtime than Jalen Hurts has made all season. Yeah. Can that continue? We we brought that up with Nick a lot last week. And this organization, and rightfully so, they hate when you bring up the term luck. But And I use the term random. There's got to be a regression to the mean, doesn't there? 
with the yeah. turnover situation? I mean, I, I think the difference there is the mentality of the two quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Josh Allen has somehow gotten lost in a fantasy that he is Superman and he can do anything regardless of whether he's playing with a, you know, a URL strain in his elbow or not. Uh, gets reckless. Uh, you know, Jalen is, 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 is a very smart quarterback. He knows his limitations, but he knows what his strengths. And, uh, you know, he'll take opportunities when they're there, but he's not going to be careless with the football as, as we've seen this year. I Damo, these two teams have already met once this season, Commanders and Eagles. It was seven weeks ago. And the commander's team has certainly changed because they've made a change at quarterback. Tyler Heineke in for uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, but they played better football as well. Had won three in a row before uh, losing late last week to the 9-1 Vikings. Um, what is the difference in the challenge for the Eagles? I don't know how much the Eagles have changed from week three to, to, to week 10 because all they do is find ways to win football games. Um, but what is the biggest difference in the commanders? The other, if it's quarterback, please say so. But what is the difference between this team and the one the Eagles handled easily, more easily early this year? I think the defense is playing much better. Uh, you know, they've, uh, they haven't allowed more than 21 points in their last five games. Uh, you know, I, they're, they're, they're sacking quarterbacks. They're, uh, you know, they're, they're a tough out defensively. The problem, you know, I mean, uh, Heineke is, is giving them some energy on offense, but it's still a very limited offense. They're not going to score a lot of points unless you help them with turnovers. So, you know, I think that's going to be the key for the Eagles tonight. They just need to continue to not turn the ball over, uh, play smart, and, uh, you know, they'll be fine. I, I, there's just no way, you know, they're not going to score a lot of points. Uh, tonight, I don't think I, not many more than they scored in the first game. It's just a matter of not helping Washington score uh, uh, too many. Yeah, I'll, I'll take one better, Domo. The, the the defense hasn't given up 17 points since week one uh, because yeah. of that Jacksonville game, you had to pick six. So, I mean, they are they are playing at a level number three overall. Ironically, the Eagles are number three offensively overall. Mm -hmm. It seems like everybody knows the Eagles' offense is good, but they don't know the defense is good. Um, why do you think that is? That, yeah, it's a good question. Uh, you know, it's not overpowering. Uh, you know, I watched Tennessee a couple, not this past week, but the, uh, the yeah, week before. Yeah, they have before. a good you saw in five minutes, you didn't want to play them. I mean, they just, if you were an offensive player, I mean, they're, they're just physical. They're just, they were hurting people. Uh, and, you, you know, I don't think people are to that point with the Eagles yet. They respect them. But I think they, you know, you look at them and you think, well, look, you know, look how many yards they gave on the, up on the ground to this team or, you know, how many tackles they're missing. Um, you know, the secondary is good, but is it, you know, how good is it? You know, it, it's, I think that's why people are slow to, to – but, I mean, the bottom line is the points you allow, and they're not giving up many. Uh, and they're, they're turn, they're, the takeaways are phenomenal. Uh, so that's all you can ask. I mean, Jonathan Gannon's done a terrific job with this unit. Speaking of points allowed, will the Eagles take a chance and give up some points early on because they decide to defer – when the coin is tossed, well, you know they're going to. Yeah, two things you know, Jody. 
The Eagles are going to win the coin toss because they always do. Seven and one. Yeah, that's and and oh by the way, Coach Sirianni, if you're watching, I'm with you tonight. I would defer as well. It just bothers the snot out of me that it's automatic. You don't even have to look. The I watched it yesterday. I think it was one of the overtime games, either Buffalo, Minnesota, or. Uh, Dallas. Well, you take the ball in overtime. The, the referee looked to the sideline to see what the coach said. Didn't ask the, the captains who were out there. He's going right to the source. They don't even bother looking to Sirianni. As soon as the toy coach goes up and it comes up, the Eagles are like, all right, which way do you want to kick? Um, <laughs> so that, that does bother me that it's just such an automatic that there's no thought given to it. But if I win the yeah. coin toss tonight, I'm going to defer as well. Um, and it's, worked, it's worked pretty well for them. I mean, they're not giving up points on the first possession. And yeah. they are they are starting to score uh, on that first possession in the third quarter. So the oh, strategy is – I hate to correct you, but the, the Houston went right down the field against them. Yeah. Uh, lost right. the coin Houston toss. Deferred Nobody the first played. time. And there you go, that Texans. Was- now they won the game, but – and they, the Texans did kind of march it right down the field against them. That was a rarity, though, Jody. I believe it was only the second time this season anybody scored on them in the first possession. Yeah. Uh, they've done a good job with it. Uh, real quick, guys, uh, the commanders are not activating uh, star pass rusher Chase Young. So Chris Russell was right. Uh, yeah, but hmm. they could have. So I was right as well. They get, You do have until Monday uh, on because the, the league shuts down the transaction wire uh, on Sundays. But um, I want to talk about that defensive front, Domo, because that to me is the most impressive part um, of of the Washington team. Um, How good is it? I talked to Nick Sirianni before week three. He said it was the best front they they were going to see. Jason Kelsey said the same thing. Is that a concern, especially for a team – that's played three times. This shocks me, by the way. Three times in 29 days. This will be third, three times in 29 days this team has played a football game. Um, any worry about that defensive front? I wouldn't say worries. I'd say respect, concern. Uh, you know, I mean, you're aware of how good they are. Uh, but, you know, you're countering with one of the best offensive lines in the league. So, um, you know, I don't think it's something that's going to be a huge advantage to uh, Washington. But again, it's the strength of their defense and it's the strength of probably their entire team. So you have to be aware of it. You have to account for it. You know, if anybody's getting taken advantage advantage of early, like, uh, you know, or somebody gets hurt, uh, you know, you've got to have a, a kind of a plan B with how, you know, switch to maybe 12 personnel and, and give your tackle a help if you end up with Jack Driscoll out there. Um, but no, I wouldn't say a worry. Uh, but it, but again, like you said, it's, it's a very good part of Washington's uh, team. How much of a disadvantage, if at all, are the Eagles tonight sons of Ante Maddox? Their starting slot corner, who's been very good again this year, got the contract extension during the offseason, deservedly so. Um, him coming out of the lineup, going to be out at least this week with the Amy. Uh, does, does the commander try and target a Josiah Scott uh, against them with the way the other two Eagle cornerbacks have played uh, this season? Uh, how big a loss is that for the Eagles tonight with Maddox out of the lineup? I think it would be a bigger loss if they were using their tight end much or their running backs much. Uh, I mean, I don't, you know, they can adjust. We'll see what they do with 
you know, with, with attacking that middle. But, you know, I think Scott's good enough that with the, with the pressure they're going to be able to put on Heineke, uh, they'll be okay. Uh, Damo, uh, your stat package at jacobsports.com. We rarely get to talk to you before uh, the game because it, it comes out typically on Friday of a Sunday game. So we get the luxury mm-hmm. of talking about it here. Um, you made a great comparison with Jalen Hurts uh, in, in this season versus Carson Wentz uh, in the 2017 season when he was en route to being the MVP. Um, and Jalen's playing better uh, at yeah. this level. And I think he just put Josh Allen in the rearview mirror uh, from for some of the reasons I talked about, Josh, just too susceptible susceptible to mistakes uh jalen has been extremely clean as a quarterback so right now you're probably talking patrick mahomes who would still be the favorite because he's going to have to splash your numbers most likely um jody wants to put Tua. i can't disagree with him in the conversation he's having a tremendous year it's become a quarterback award but jalen hurts is playing at an mvp level is that Fair to say. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny. Uh, last week, we uh, they asked us to – There's, I think there's six or seven people on the 33rd team staff uh, that are voters for the AP, all pro, and special awards, including myself and Bill Polian and uh, uh, several writers. And they asked us to do midseason awards. Well – you know, I, I voted for Josh Allen for MVP. I thought it was I thought it was one of those deals where it was take your pick, either Allen or Mahomes or, or, or Hertz, and, and you wouldn't be wrong. But that's what the way I ended up going. Uh, and Hertz got everybody else's uh, vote and one going away. Wow! Be, wow! Yes. Um, and those are people. A lot of people that I respect. So you know, he's he's. I mean, you look, I mean, they wouldn't be where they are if that was Gardner Minshew out there. And Gardner Minshew may be one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. But, you know, uh, Jalen adds so much to that offense in so many different ways, including leadership, uh, including the chemistry he's got with those receivers, including the run uh, ability, uh, that it's just, you know, I I understand why. and, And I think, you know, he's got a very good shot at winning this award. I thought I just asked you, will the commanders try and target whoever is in the slot tonight to take advantage of a Josiah Scott rather than go against a Bradbury or a Slay on the outside? Well, I asked right. you the same thing about the Eagles because Kendall Fuller got eaten his got his lunch eaten last time these two teams played by Devontae Smith. So we had Chris Russell on earlier. He said, wouldn't be surprised if they move uh, their other cornerback over to cover uh, uh, Jalen Devontae Smith, then what is A.J. Brown going to go up for tonight? Uh, Either way, Kendall Fulton's got to cover one of these Eagle wide receivers. Will the Eagles target the weak link in the commander's secondary tonight? I don't think they go into a game feeling they're going to target somebody. I think they just kind of go from play to play, looking at how a defense is going to try to deal with this impossible situation of trying to cover Smith and Brown and, 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 and Dallas Goddard inside. And, and basically Jalen says, well, what are you giving me? And I'll take it. And there's, cause there's always going to be somebody open as we've seen. I mean, I've never seen a season. I've never 
watched a team that's had so many guys so open. I mean, I don't, you know, I know there are analytical numbers that show how open people are, and I'm sure that they've got to be among the league leaders because, uh, you know, I mean, Jalen's improved his accuracy, but they've made it easy for him this year with, with how open so many of his receivers have been. So, yeah, I think it's just – I don't think they're going to go in targeting somebody. Uh, they're just going to see how Washington plays them and and then take what's there. Yeah, it, and, and it, it, it's kind of interesting because I think A.J. Brown has been sort of the final domino, the final piece that put everything into place. It's just uh-huh. the, the, the reverberation of Devontae Smith being a two but not a one and Dallas Goddard being that second option as a receiver – even Quez Watkins being able to stretch the field, even though he doesn't get a lot of traffic. I think it opens up things for Miles Sanders. If you look down in Miami, the same thing with Tyreek Hill. Is it, can great receivers, we just saw Justin Jefferson yesterday making plays all over the place. Um, Can great receivers elevate quarterbacks? We always talk about quarterbacks elevating receivers, most notably Aaron Rodgers over the years. Can can receivers now elevate quarterbacks? Absolutely, John. I mean, I think were you you were in Minnesota when Randall was there, right? When he had Chris Carter, yeah, yeah, Randy, Randy Randy as a rookie, yeah, he just threw it down there. I mean, he just he knew they'd be open, and he got it. You know, he he had such faith in them, and you know, suddenly Randall. Cunningham at the end of his career was was an MVP uh, candidate. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think that we're kind of, you know, Jalen has that same situation here. He's got so much faith in Brown and, and Smith and Goddard and and trust that, that he's, he's making passes that maybe last year he was reluctant to make because he knows, you know, they'll go up and high point him. They'll go out and, you know, just like that first touchdown in the Houston game, you know, where, uh, you know, where A.J. just – knife between the two uh, defenders and, and went up and got the ball. I mean, that's, that's how they make him better. And, and so you're right. I mean, I, you know, you need a good quarterback, but when you've got receivers like that, it takes that quarterback to a, to a whole nother level. I Damo from the nitpicking category and John and I, and I have done some of this over the last couple of weeks. Uh, the Eagles are not a great tackling team. As a matter of fact, Pro Football Focus ranks them either 31st or 32nd out of 32 teams in the National Football League. It hasn't cost them this year because they're 9-0, and despite the fact that they're not finishing their tacklings. Are the commanders a team that we should worry about that aspect, that the Eagles may miss a tackle here or there, and could they pay a price for it? Yeah, you know, I think it was a bigger concern again. Well, Houston didn't have much other than uh, Damian Pierce, but Pierce was a yards after contact runner. Antonio Gibson is too. <clears throat> I think part of the problem with the uh, with the Eagles uh, and the missed tackles is they've been going for too many strips. Uh, their tag it's kind of affected how they tackle. They're not wrapping up. They're it, it was especially a, you know I noticed it a lot with Avante Maddox uh, in the Houston yeah. game. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think it's going to be a concern. Uh, you know, I, I, I'll be interested to see if, if, if Washington can keep this game close. They'll certainly try to run it because without Jordan Davis in the middle, that seems to be a, you know, a weakness right now for the Eagles. But, I, you know, I don't think the missed the miss tackles don't seem to – they seem to – you know, when they have a bad week with them, 
it's it's like you know Jonathan Gannon gets everybody together and tells them to focus a little better on it this week, and 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 they don't have as many. So uh, I don't know how many they had in the first Washington game. I don't think it was you know their that numbers was probably kinda... their best tackling game. Yeah, that was yeah. probably their best tackling game was the Washington game. Um, yeah. Well, Minnesota, they were okay too because they made the overcorrection. You're right. After, after the Detroit, bad, yeah. yeah, after the bad performance in Detroit, you tend to overcorrect a little bit. But I, you know, to further that point, Damo, is it kind of a give and take? Look, if you're going to be plus 15, you got to try to strip the ball. You got to try to make plays. Um, if you're going to be a sound tackler, uh, yeah. The funny thing is, though, uh, very few of their turnovers. Are coming off a stripped, uh, uh, they're coming off a quarterback strip. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they're, they're not stripping very many uh, ball carriers. They're coming off interceptions or strip fumbles, uh, strip sacks. Yeah, Hassan Reddick. But it's like swimming with the sharks sort of mentality. Like they're trying yeah, to yeah. take the football away. Versus if you have like really sound tacklers who are just concerned, you're probably not going to turn it over that much. Yeah. But, you know, Gannon's philosophy, though, and he said this when he brought that, you know, started talking last year about the hits mentality is the first guy in is supposed to wrap up. The second guy is the guy is yeah. a stripper. Yeah. Uh, they're kind of jumping the gun sometimes, uh, you know, before they got a guy tackled, they're just trying to rip the ball out because, you know, for one thing, they're eight. No, there, there's a, a confidence factor where they think yeah. they're kind of unbeatable right now. And so you get a little bit careless as we've seen, as we saw, you know, it's the same thing that's going on with Buffalo and Josh Allen. You know, I mean, you just your success level reaches a point where you kind of think you're Superman, not going to make mistakes, and you find out that no matter who you're playing, whether it's Houston or, or or Tennessee or whomever, you know, you can make mistakes that can cost you games. Confidence level is good, but you're right; it can come with a price. It hasn't bit the Eagles in the butt yet this year. The Commanders aren't a team to make them pay that price tonight, are they? Uh, no. I really like Tyler Heineke. I happen to be a big fan because he is yeah. such a rah-rah kind of guy, underdog kind of guy. But I realize his limitations. He's not going out and throwing for 350 tonight against the Eagles. Oh, uh, you, you don't see any change in modus operandi tonight, do you? The Eagles are just going to continue to go out and do what they do and find a way to win this football game, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that the first loss is going to come to a team that that can run the ball and that's got a physical defense. I mean, Tennessee fits the bill. Well, Tennessee, uh, yeah. I think I they'll that lose one circled. Yeah, I think they'll lose one of the Giants games. Uh, Saquon's going to run wild at least once, and and I don't think you know. I just got a feeling that you you're, this isn't the year you're going to sweep the Giants. So, uh, and that's good. I, I don't. If I were Nick. Sirianni and I would never admit this to anybody, but I don't want my team being unbeaten when we get to the playoffs. You know, I mean, I would, if I'm him, I want, you know, I just don't think that's a good, because then you're looking for that loss, you know? A lot so, of pressure. Uh, a lot of pressure. Yeah, it is. It is. Just so natural. It would benefit them to lose at least once or at some point. And I think it'll be. Yeah, and I don't want to jump the gun, but all of a sudden, coach of the year, Jeff Saturday, is coming in with the Colts. He's playing the quarterback. He's allowed to play the quarterback that gives him the best chance, which Frank was That's not. Right. Um, and all of a sudden, Jonathan Taylor's back running for 147. Uh, maybe Indianapolis yep. is a little bit tougher than we we realized. Uh, there is a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he's, he's not coming in, right? That game's in Indy next. No, week. Indy. Yeah, that right. game's in Indy. 
Um, I mean, Matt, yeah, Matt Ryan, the, the, the plus with Matt Ryan is he's going to be standing in a spot when, when the ball snapped, and that's yeah. where he's going. Well, he had a 39-yard run yesterday, Damo. Did you see that? Galloping for 39. Yeah. <laughs> he made a nice fake on the play and turned it back upfield. All right. Uh, one other thing I want to hit you with, Damo, before we let you run. I know this is upsetting to Eagle fans. The Dallas Cowboys are now 195 and one when they have a 14 point lead in the fourth quarter because they coughed it up yesterday against the Cowboys after having never lost a 14 point lead in the fourth quarter in their history. 195 and 0 until yesterday. Yeah, bad uh, defense late. Uh, Dak had a couple opportunities to either run out the clock and or in overtime make a play. Oh, by the way, for the Cowboy fans out there, they did get screwed. Uh, the third down conversion yeah, in OT, yeah. C.D. Yeah. Lamb, the guy, the defensive back was draped all over him, and they didn't throw the flag. So let me make that the question. Screw the Cowboys. <laughs> uh, I noticed this, and again, all three of us yesterday, nothing else to do. We watched football for 15 straight hours. Is the NFL lightening up just a little bit on the contact the corners are allowed to make on wide receivers? Because – the pendulum swung so greatly over a 20-year period and making it all about offense and throwing the flag. You can't even touch a deep, uh, wide receiver past the five yards down the line. It seems to me over the last couple of weeks, they've let some hand playing come into play and let there be a little defensive contact between the D-backs. Do you think that's a conscious decision the NFL has made if I'm uh, seeing what I'm seeing? Yeah, no, I think it depends on the crew. Yeah, just some crews. Yeah, it's, I can't remember who I was talking to a few years back. One of the Eagles uh, corners who who basically said, you know, like he spends the pregame trying to get to know it, like basically chatting up the official that's going to be the you know yeah. the, the, that's going to be making those calls and trying to get a sense of you know besides what they've looked at in you know in their background from the re- uh, previous games as to whether they're going to let a lot go, whether they're going to call it tight. You know, sometimes they get that right, sometimes they don't. Uh, but I think, it, I think it varies. I don't, I don't think the league has said anything per se. I think the only thing the league has said with respect to the game is don't let our quarterbacks get hurt because yeah. we need them for the ratings. Yeah, Justin <laughs> Herbert got whacked. By, I thought that was bad. He was a runner on that play. Now, call the penalty, yeah. but I don't, I don't think the guy should have got thrown out of the game. I, 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 I don't, you know, he, he doesn't have protection, but he's a quarterback. So they throw him yeah. out of the game. Yeah. If that's a running back, there's no way he's throwing right. out of the game. Yeah. I, when, I, I, when I talked to Troy Vincent a couple of weeks back for a, a Q and a, you know, he claimed, you know, he was being like, we're not, you know, we're, we, yes, we are protecting the quarterback, but, but once they're runners, all bets are off. I don't yeah. believe that. But you know, they, Troy, they Troy that. made that decision, by the way, Dombo. You got to get him back on the horn because he made that decision. And he doesn't make that for a running back. I guarantee you that. Yeah. So, but I will say the Minnesota Buffalo, they were letting him play, especially in the red zone. And I, I think Jefferson might have had 250 if they were calling holding. Um, <laughs> and they weren't calling it. So I think it's just, uh, I think it's just the, the crew in that particular day. But to, they were doing that both ways. So Minnesota was really physical in in the in the red zone as well, and I like that. 
I like that. That yeah. adds to the entertainment of the game. You get those ticky tack, illegal contact penalties. That to me is awful, especially when you play good defense and all of a sudden the third and 15 turns into a first down because of a ticky tack, illegal contact. I, that, that to me is the worst case situation. But I, I yeah. will say this, and I love the kid, and yes, we'll forever talk about it here in Philadelphia because he was sitting there on the board, and Eagles said, we'll take Jalen Rager. Um, Jefferson complains about every pass. So every, every single time so he's covered, receiver. he turns to the referee and goes, he is, he is interfered with every single time he goes into the pattern. He is the biggest complainer. By the way, the you know, can we – the Eagles deserve criticism. Don't get me wrong. But can we also criticize Las Vegas and Denver and even Dallas? Because they took receivers and none of them are as good as Justin Jefferson. So everybody looking for a receiver in Las Vegas, I mean, they took rugs. It's not their fault that he did what he did, but he wasn't going to be that player. Jerry Judy's not that player. C.D. Lamb's a good player. He's not Justin Jefferson. The Eagles deserve a lot of criticism, but don't those other teams deserve criticism? True. That's very true, Jay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's You're just right that, that he was he was there. He was, yeah. They needed him. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you know, uh, you know, the the thing about Justin Jefferson, is, you know, first of all. You know, the reason a lot of teams passed on him was because they thought he couldn't play. He's a slot receiver. He never even plays a slot. He's the best outside receiver in football. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. And he, he had done that the year before at LSU. I mean, the yeah, second, right. you know, the, the year the year they won the national championship, they moved him inside and Burrow just lit it up, throwing to him inside. But the year, I mean, don't, you know, they watched film from more than one year. I mean, yeah. didn't, it know, didn't yeah. it know, oh, he's outside now. I got a uh, question for you, Damo, that uh, when we have you on again in a couple weeks, I'll ask you to answer after you get your answer for my question. This year's NFL draft quarterback class, Stroud's going to be a stud. Young's going to be a stud. And then there is a massive drop-off. This was supposed to be the much-improved quarterback class. Well, that's only true because last year's quarterback class was as lame as it was. I think this quarterback class is not good again, except for the top two. Who at the 33rd team is your draft expert, your uh, guy you lean on for uh, projecting the college football talent into the NFL the following year? Well, I lean on Ben Fennell, but he's not uh, uh, on the 33rd team. They've got a guy that actually John probably knows. He was fired by the Eagles, T.J. Uh, McWright, who was their, one of their yeah. scouts last year. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I haven't looked to see their evaluation of the rest of the class. I think it'll end up. I think a few of those guys are going to end up being a lot better. Oh, they'll than get them. pushed up. They'll get pushed yeah. up. Although it didn't uh, last year, it's, nobody got pushed up. Right. Yeah, it's and weird. I, like I, 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 I remember two, two years ago, Spencer. People remember uh, Spencer the, Rattler. The, yeah, Spencer Rattler was being talked about if he came out uh, as number one. First in the draft. Now I don't know where the hell he is on the board, but it's uh, it's nowhere close to being the first round. Yeah, all those guys: uh, Will Levis, uh, Tyler Van Dyke, Anthony Richardson. None of them are starters in the NFL. 
There are two guys yeah. that deserve to go in the first round, and that's it. So do me a favor, put a call into you two guys. So when you have your have <laughs> you back on in a couple of weeks, you go, Jody, what the hell are you talking about? Or yeah, Jody, yeah, my guys agree with you. It's uh, this great quarterback draft is supposed to be, which again is very good news for the Eagles because they're not thinking about taking a quarterback. They have their quarterback. They don't have to worry about fishing in that pond. Oh, by the way, pond looking that much better because with the Saints loss yesterday, the fourth pick on the draft. That's boy, the Saints, man. Oh, what kind <laughs> of what an awful self evaluation Mickey Loomis made of his team. Awful. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There. I, I thought they. He got a lot of too much credit when they were good, and he he, he not enough blame when uh, the when they're bad like this. I mean, that was a that you know that was a Sean Payton team. Mickey Loomis yeah. was always along for the ride, and and now with the pressure on him, he can't perform. Yeah, which is good news for the Eagle fans because uh, yeah, Absolutely. the Eagles have two first round picks. One of them right now is thirty second overall. Because they're 9-0. The other one is the fourth pick of the draft because of the Saints. Uh, Damo, great stuff. Always a pleasure, my friend. You catch him at 33rdteam.com. And specifically, make sure you get over there today, jacobsports.com, for his stat pack before tonight's game between the Eagles and the Commanders. Damo, thanks for uh, getting up with us this morning. We'll get you back in a couple weeks, big guy. Thanks, guys. Good talking to you. Paul Domwich, who always has a Hawaiian shirt ready for the occasion when he hops on with us on Birds 365. How come his shirt, when he goes light-colored, never has a problem? I well, go light. he doesn't have the green oh, screen. Oh, he doesn't have the green yeah. screen. It's all yeah, about the yeah. green screen. You can now. go all light if you want, if you didn't, if you, you know, if you put the bookcase, if you go Zach And Berman, I'm not down at Ocean. So, yeah. uh, yes, if I got to prioritize being Oceans at Oceans more important than yours Correct. truly because I got some really good Hawaiian shirts that I could break out for you. I, I, I'm in that same category as Damo, and I wear it well, so it kind of bums me out because most yeah. of them are light-colored. So and we're an, we're an Eagles show. Now, I can't because I'm an objective reporter. I can't wear Eagle stuff, but even if we wanted to wear Eagle stuff. Uh, yeah, green. Yeah. Oh, no, I got, I got a bunch of green stuff uh that i will not be wearing here because it would clash with our great oceans background all right johnny mac jody mac we still got 10 minutes left we'll come back both john and i have to get on the line prediction about tonight's game yeah i don't think either one we're going to be picking the commanders but we'll give you some more insights and breakdown as to how we think the game is actually going to play out if you stay with us for the final 10 minutes here on birds 365 don't wait until after Thanksgiving for leftovers. It's the new leftover sales event at Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Jeff must get rid of hundreds of new 2022 vehicles on the lot. Rams, Grand Cherokees, Wranglers, Jeff has them all for less. Jeff has reduced prices and payments to the lowest they've been all year. And Jeff knocks down high interest rates, save thousands more than anywhere else. Plus, get more for any trade or lease return. You always win at Jeff's great selection, best price. Hurry in now. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Black Friday sales event. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. University, our graduates are among the most highly trained in their profession because of our unique emphasis on research, interprofessional collaboration, and early clinical exposure. Learn more about our programs at salis.edu. Mega Mac guys, come down to home stretch. Time to put a ball on the show. Final 10 minutes before a Monday night live event. The Eagles versus the Commanders down at Lincoln Financial Field. Can the Eagles get the 9 0 with a victory tonight? John and I are both leaning that way. I'll ask him to give us an exact prediction here in just a second. Um, but there was two reasons why I wanted to bring up the Saints and their loss yesterday. And the fact that as of right now, and we do this periodically here on the show we point out exactly where the pick would be if the season were to end well the season not ended for another 10 weeks so it's kind of a a a hypothetical uh point that we're making and then i followed up with the whole quarterback thing if they could get into the top two if the saints could really stink over the second half of the season johnny mac it would pay massive dividends because I this is just my scouting um, rankings as of right now. Stroud and Young both look like franchise quarterbacks. No one else in the net in college football this year does. So those two guys, their value is going to skyrocket. It's going to go up. The actual value of first round pick after those two guys come off the board for me falls. Because a quarterback always raises the price you can get in exchange for that draft pick. If somebody's moving up to get a quarterback, so they not only are benefiting from where the Saints are right now, you got to continue to root against the Saints. Because if that pick ends up as number one or number two, I'm telling you, all the teams around the National Football League, and there are a bunch of them, that need a quarterback, that need to turn it over, that need to start the rebuilding process, oh, they're going to have to pay a king's ransom to get that pick. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? I don't think it's going to get that high, but who 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 knows? I I remember at the trade deadline, there was that goofy report that I could just laugh at. That hey, New Orleans might consider trading Alvin Kamara to the Eagles if they get their first round pick back. And I'm like, are you kidding me? What what is Howie Roseman going to wake up one day and become Mickey Loomis and do the dumbest thing? Uh, in the history of the world. Uh, yeah, so that one kind of chuckled. Yeah, obviously, the higher they go, the more value um, and how we will be able to do a number of things. But, you know, I also want to see what edge rusher is going to be there. 
at that position because he might just sit back and take the best edge rusher on the board. All right, um, but let me let me give you the teams since you correctly buried Mickey Loomis for this trade, which is not going to work out for the Saints. The three teams that are behind the Saints in the draft standing, Houston, the Saints can't get as bad as Houston, can they? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Vegas, the Josh McDaniel-led Raiders. Maybe. Maybe. They, they they have the best quarterback by far of this yeah. group. At least they have Derek Maybe, Carr. You know, it would be interesting if you could put Mickey Loomis and Josh McDaniels to, together. Uh, that that would be an interesting tandem. She had head coach. Carolina right now would have the number three pick in the draft. And Carolina's showing a lot of life. Uh, maybe they can. Uh, maybe maybe they can do a little bit uh, with PJ Walker. They're they're at least biting. They're biting. If somehow the Saints could finish with a top two pick and the Eagles get it, man, they could spin that pick off for so much draft capital. Howie Roseman at his finest. He played that angle as good, if not better, than every other general manager in the league, making draft capital pay for you. Uh, Howie would love it. They'd be like a kid in a candy store if that were the case. But we got many weeks to go for that. We've only got uh, 10 hours before the Eagles and the uh, commanders get underway. Eagles going to win tonight. They're going to get the 9-0. and How does the game play out, Johnny Mac? Um, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I mentioned that the Eagles haven't given up 17 points on defense since week one. Um, you take away the pick six of Jacksonville. So um, I don't think Washington's getting the 17. So I got them at 16. And, you know, the Eagles are – are going to score even even they're going to make big plays even if they there's some uh, herky jerky minutes because of that front so uh, I think it's going to be twenty eight sixteen type of game pretty comfortable uh, pretty comfortable okay I think that the Commanders will get over seventeen points I got them logging twenty tonight I think James Robinson might be a handful he's a good after contact running back and maybe that eagle tackling does it's not going to cost him the game but it's something that we're going to have to note on birds 365 again tomorrow and taylor heineke will make a big play he might throw a big pick yeah. that will set up well, a yeah. short field for the eagle well, i'm gonna well. say he makes two big plays and he makes four bad plays yeah. four plays that say oof that type of thing. I'll say yeah. slightly that less on the bad place. Uh, the Eagles are an eleven-point favorite. I think they're going to win by eleven points. If you're going to play the game, Push. I would play. I would play the over tonight. The over/under is only forty-three. I think this game will uh, actually reach the fifty. So my final score is thirty-one twenty. Eagles. Oh, I got forty-four uh, total points. So you're right, right on. T. Yeah. I'm right on the spread. The spread yeah, so, is well, eleven. So am I. I got I'm the not, Eagles winning by eleven. Well, I got them winning 28-16, so just slightly over the spread. Uh, We will be back here tomorrow to talk about it either way, and we expect to be talking about an Eagles victory. Uh, Jay Mack, are you ready after a long night? Are you going to be ready to get up wearing black with me tomorrow morning? Yeah, you might have to. Who knows? You might have to call me to to wake me out of my sound Uh, one hour of sleep. I'll Uh, send you. But I'll I'll be here. I'll I will here. send you a text at 7.55 just to, just to make sure you're with us. 
Uh, Mac and Mac guys will both be back, hopefully talking about a 9-0 football team tomorrow here on Birds 365 in 2-2. Two You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.